This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back, Geek Gab, for Saturday, April 29th, 2023. Uh, Dornall, how was your week? <laughs> uh, it's been a mixed week, I tell you what. Uh, just so that you guys know, I had to move the home office. I'm on Wi-Fi for the foreseeable future. So if uh, audio on the podcast gets choppy, don't complain. No one's going to care. Uh, but I do so, hope. So we're we're back to that grand old tradition of technical problems. You bet. Uh, run without oh, enough technical problems, and it feels like we're back. <laughs> Did I just break up on you? Just a bit. Oh, my apologies. I hope uh, I hope everything's okay live and uh, on the stream later. Uh, it also means no camera, which is not something we do anyway, but no camera. Uh, let's see. That's, that's pretty mixed. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the... I, I myself yeah, just moved. Weekend. That was cool. I myself just moved. Yeah. So, yeah. And Tell I me moved more. Moved into a house. Uh, moved into a house with gigabit internet. <laughs> the tables have turned. Nope. Because I'm on Wi-Fi right now. Womp womp. And it turns out that the Wi-Fi I'm on is uh, uh, as slow or slower than. Uh, than what I was on in the old place. And so until I can get something else done, uh, my particular, uh, my particular situation here is, is, is going to be, uh, just about the same. Sorry. I just realized I had something loud thing behind me that I meant to turn off before the show began. Hey, for what it's worth, the noise canceling is working really well. We use StreamYard for our uh, our audio here, and uh, I I got no complaints about the service. Um, let's see. Oh, I also wanted to say this uh, because of some stuff I saw on the internet this last week. Um. And this isn't referring to any one specific situation. It happened to several of them. Uh, there's uh, some people I saw. There's somebody I saw people looking at, you know, other people, other groups specifically, and other individuals and are looking down on them or, or wishing they could be other individuals or groups. And all I have to say is you don't know what it's like being other people. So very often, if you did, you wouldn't want to be them. So you might find out that you're actually really, really happy with the good and bad things about being yourself. So stick with those, um, make the best you can. And if things aren't going really well for you, and a lot of times they're not, and I'm not trying to lie to that. I know how bad that can be. Uh, 
reach out to other people because they can definitely, definitely help you through that. Sorry, Sorry that's my reflections on the internet instead of dragging out specifics nice. that are done depression. Vague advice. Well, it's actually really good advice that's applicable to a lot of situations. If I try to make it more specific, it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be useful to people. Less helpful? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could point to one guy and say, hey, everybody, get off this one guy's back. Um, you know. Uh, but no, because I don't really care as much about that one guy as I do about everybody listening to the show or who might listen to the show. Eh, I don't care if you get off that one guy's back as much as I say, if you're in a bad position and you're looking up at other people and saying, man, I wish I were somebody else or I wish I were in somebody else's shoes. Don't worry about it. You know? You've got the good things and the bad things about your situation. So, um, envy's no, actually, yeah. Wow, your wireless is bad, man. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have the. I think it's you. We'll have the uh, audience check in here. Oh, is it me? Although that could really be me. It, it could it could really be it could just be you. So this could either be the really the best week to do bone bat or the worst week to do bone bat. <laughs> so well uh by saying that for I think what the third year in a row, uh, I went up to Seattle. I took the fiance up to the capital district of seattle uh if you know you know and uh, at the sif egyptian cinema down on capitol hill i uh, went and sat down to watch a bunch of scary stupid funny stupid at the bone bat comedy of horrors film festival Luke West Mercurius says it's me. Uh-oh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I will speak slowly. In First of all, this is the uh, uh, is a really nice venue. The Egyptian cinema has sort of these uh, seats uh, in it. It's not a large theater by any means but uh, it's uh, it was it was actually really nice and comfortable to sit in and enjoy and we were there for nearly 10 hours i want to say i think we were there for 9 hours uh, so i liked the i liked the place the location could uh leaves a bit if you know, you know. But uh, this year was great. Hosted by Steve and Gord of the Bone Bat Show. Uh, they do their own podcast uh, infrequently. Uh, but go ahead and check them out if you like horror or indie music or whatever. We were treated to 
uh, nine hours, and and it, it ran all the way. I think it was uh, it was an eleven hour show. I only nine hours, but uh, it was more or less nonstop shorts that are uh, horror films, but also goofy. You know, there's a lot of humor in these films that uh, we're not trying to take ourselves seriously. Um, which, unlike the latest Evil Dead film, uh, we warmed ourselves up to the film festival Friday night by seeing the Evil Dead. Reform or re- whatever. Uh, it's it's a dead brand. It's now an undead brand. Uh, have you seen that yet, DW? No, I wasn't really planning on it. Good. Don't. It's not good. <laughs> um, uh, the new Evil Dead has deadites, but it's not a rehash of the original Evil Dead films, which is to say it's not. It's a standard horror film with a dozen Easter eggs and callbacks to the monsters from Evil Dead. So there you have it in a nutshell. But we warmed up for it. So the Bone Bat is more like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. That sort of goofy, over-the-top buckets of blood and fake organs and whatever. They love that stuff. Plus the, the... obvious uh horror with a you know more comic punchline at the end so we got hours and hours of that and uh they have uh they have a bunch of different types of uh films they bring in they they get movies from all over the world and uh, they view them and they select the ones that they want to show us, but they also they keep in mind that they always have a certain number of films from the Pacific Northwest. Of, uh, stuff where, and it's not just Vancouver, like you see lots of Portland and Seattle and everything. Uh, so you get lots of local indie films, plus a lot of stuff uh, from around the country and around the world, stuff that they find funny or gory or interesting or funny did i say funny i'm just testing the internet uh this year uh it was a we were treated to a big mixed bag of films there's a lot of hits and a lot of miss and uh some of some of them were sort of I don't, I don't get the joke maybe i'm getting a little old or or i'm not sure why they thought this was funny uh, but the hits were absolutely hilarious one of our favorites was an animated short from the Pacific Northwest called Fall. And it's just, it's about autumn and it's great. This great dramatization of uh, maple leaf falling, you know, turning brown, you know, turning orange and brown and falling. Uh, I like it. I don't know if it's available online or anywhere. That was really cool. Um, my favorites include there's a haunted house story about a punk band and they're shooting a video in this house that's sort of known to be haunted by at least one of the band members 
and the uh, the twist is it's haunted by a and if you think that sounds horrible I can hear you cringing in your chair right now trust me what a good uh, what a good short they totally play up any sort of gag or joke you can think of with a mime running around a haunted house killing people they do it uh, really funny stuff uh, good jokes too I'm not going to spoil anything and I'm not going to give you the title because it's something awkward like the mage warrior something in the haunted house of I don't know what I should have I should have taken notes oh I broke up when I said the twist it's a mime the ghost that haunts the house is a mime. And so it's this punk band who have to deal with this, well, silent killer. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll spoil one gag. The one obvious gag that was really great. <laughs> the, the band starts throwing things back at the mime. And uh, he does the whole mime wall thing. And of course, all these objects, you know, like a kitchen knife and, and a chair and whatever, they just bounce off the <laughs> invisible wall in front of the mime, right? Like all that sort of stuff, whatever you can think of, they do it. Uh, so yeah, oh, I had a really good time. <clears throat> I mean, like I said, despite the despite the misses, the are a lot of fun. I also want to call out there is a french animated film that this one is a little more serious they animated hp lovecraft's the temple and <clears throat> it was a little awkward because the art style was a little bit uncanny valley like a polar express almost not as bad as polar express but so it's um, computer animated not traditional that's right And the uh, it was a French film, but the story is from the notes, you know, the, the written letter of a German U-boat captain in uh, World War II. So the characters jump between French and German a bit. And, and that was a little strange to hear. Um, but, of course, I don't know. I don't recall if I've ever written the story, but read the story. But uh, you know the way they presented the story is really cool because it's got a lot of those haunted, haunting moments where you know the crew is feeling the pressure of being underwater and sinking and and everything else that happens. And uh, you know with the Lovecraftian style ending, uh, that was really notable. Um, you know, despite its faults, that was one of my favorites of the show. Um, speaking of French, one of the duds was, uh, from Quebec, a, sh a show called nude. And it was just this couple driving out in the woods so that they can go do what young couples do out in the woods. And, and all of a sudden they're surrounded by a bunch of other nude people and nothing happens. And it was completely pointless. <clears throat> How is that horror? The way it was presented and shot, right? It's one of those, you know, kids go out, 
kids go out to fool around in their car and all the these the suspense building shots with the oh and the camera turns back and all of a sudden there's a person standing there who wasn't there a second ago right they're they're using these tropes without any oh, jump scares jump yeah jump scares and yeah that sort of thing that i don't know to me that's old hat uh which now that now that i think about it was half of the res uh, resident evil, uh, the evil dead film it was it was all it would oh no something's happening in the background that the character can't see but you can see and it's scary well guess what it's not i'm sorry it's not. See, um, they did that really, really well in it, in like, you know, the it that they broke into in the very first one. They did that really, really well in like one scene. And I guess now everybody thinks you could make an entire horror movie around that. Yes, uh, they do. They did. Uh, Evil Dead was that scene over and over. Okay. There were well, other trope not... scenes that 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 broke it up but yeah that that scene gets overused everywhere um oh there's one more miss that i wanted to talk about there was there was one more miss a really really stupid movie that actually i they steven gord picked this because of this cool technical thing that it did all right the the film is called love seat stupid it's about this guy who is a salesman at a furniture store and he's in love with his love seat he refuses it to sell it to sell it to any of the customers it's stupid but the filmmakers did this really really cool scene that was done with uh you know a, cam a mounted camera in and it's like on some suburban usa street right and the camera's looking at of the that the character's watching and the camera rotates 360 degrees actually i think it does it twice i think it does 720. so it's done as if it was one shot and it might have been one shot but the first part of the shot they used uh time lapse photography uh to while the camera's looking at the street it goes from night to day so by the time it's morning time, the camera has has slowly panned back to the front of the house where the people who live there, you know, the day, right? And then and then the camera does another circle where it shows what people on the street are doing. Like someone's watching the house and he gets out and he, he heads towards the house. And then the camera goes one more time back to the driveway when another car pulls in. So it's, it, I think it was a little over 720 degrees and it was done like, it was done as in one shot and it was just the camera rotating at a, at a consistent pace the whole time. Um, uh, which is funny. I think my date was asleep at that point uh, because it was such a boring, stupid show, but uh, sure enough, you know, at the next break, you know, the hosts come up and say, "Hey, how about that long, you know, that long single take shot, huh?" And I'm thinking, "Yeah, it was that was literally the, <laughs> that that film's only saving grace was that." Um. 
so anyway, that's the sort of thing you get when you get there. Like independent film, low budget filmmakers, uh, they make the crazy, gory, funny stuff that you know and love. And, uh, and sometimes they do really, really cool stuff. Uh, you're not going to get your big budget films. So if I didn't know that was my thing, but if indie films, if you like indie films or you like seeing what, what people come up with, uh, a film festival like Bone Bat is an awesome place to find a collection of those things because uh, out there, like there's so many filmmakers out there and uh, of course content on the internet where you can just stream YouTube videos all day. Uh, thanks for listening, by the way. We appreciate you. Uh, that it's cool. Uh, I think it's really nice and important that these guys have been getting together for like 10 years and just finding a bunch of stuff that, that they like that is in their, their wheelhouse, their sense of humor. They think, they think that they're like it. So they just get it all together and put those films that you otherwise would not have seen or even think to see right there in front of you. It's a cool experience. And that's all I have to say about it. It was a great time. Awesome. And uh, we do this every year, so it's good. It's also good with the passing of code that they've been able to go back to doing it in person. That's right. Uh, I think they actually didn't do a show in 2020, and then in 2021 it was online. So we all sat down and and and, and watched online, and it was good to have it actually in person for the second year in a row. Oh, and they have live music. I uh, I went to dinner during the live music, uh, so I I don't have a, an inter I don't have an opinion on that. Uh, but how many film fests do a live band rocking out? Uh, I've never actually been to a film fest. About time uh, to start. But all right. Speaking of things broadcast over uh, I want to do I wanted to do some analysis of D and D, A D specifically. Oh, this is one of my favorite topics. Um because Uh, I've actually thought about this long enough to get it down to a really, really quick um, uh, you know, really, really quick uh, thesis, but I think it could be explored more deeply. Um, I mean, that is, I think, it be embellished in between them. Um, and I think that... Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to talk... Uh, the other subject we had planned for today. That's right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I... I don't want to disappoint our audience. Because I you know don't they expect... 
I know they expect us to come up with topics off the top of our head and fill the hour or hour and 15 minutes of our show with things that we just um, just happened to have seen during the week and talk about or that we have, we just come up with as we do the show. But I actually sat down a couple of days ago and made a list of things I wanted to talk about. And then last night, I texted the entire list to Dornall, and I included his section. I anticipated the bit that I knew he would want to talk about. So we had the show scheduled and planned. So I guess it's a good thing we had some technical difficulties so you wouldn't feel like you were suddenly watching a completely different show. <laughs> like you had walked into a room and there were two complete strangers sitting here doing Geek Gab and you were wondering what the hell was going on. So the two other topics... On the burner for today, one of which was talking about um, some stuff with catching up with AD&D, catching up in levels with AD&D characters. And I'll explain that in a little bit. I've gone over this subject enough times after I came up with the idea that I'd actually condensed the thesis enough to where I could put it entirely in like one typewritten line with just a few, you know, phrases. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was Professor of Rock. Uh, so which one of those sounds most interesting to you? I gotta say, I don't know what Professor of Rock is, and it sounds like something I'd hate to hear about. So, really, you don't like music? It's got to be D and D. That's so sad. <laughs> I love. Music. I do. I just don't know what it is. Uh, music is beautiful. Music is awesome. I love music. I I don't know that I've ever on this show ever told people how much I love music. I don't know that I've ever sat down and tried to describe how much I love music. I love music just to an insane degree. I, I collect music. And I don't mean LPs or CDs, or cassettes. I don't collect physical objects. 
that I can show other people and say, look at my music collection. Isn't it awesome? I collect pieces of music and whatever it's on is just an item that the music is stored in so I can listen to it. Um, and I love to listen to music. Music is just so beautiful and amazing. And I like, I don't like every kind of music, but I like so many different kinds of musics. Uh, and I just love listening to it over and over again. I will find an album or a song and get like completely obsessed with that and just listen to it again and again and again for like weeks because I love it so much. And it just, I mean, there's songs you listen to and they bring pleasure to your head. And that's awesome. You just love listening to them. But there is music that just like brings out emotion in my heart. And it's not love like loving anything else. It just uh the the best thing I can think about, the best words I've ever heard that could describe it is actually lyrics to a song. And I think Roberta Flack wrote it. If you'll excuse me for getting hipster for a second. Um, but the song I know it from isn't refer Roberta Flack's version. Roberta Flack wrote it about Eric Clapton. It's uh, the Fugees did a version of it. Uh, and it's, uh, she was listening to Eric Clapton play and wrote a song uh, about it. It's called, she said, uh, he was strumming my pain with his fingers. And it's almost that when you hear the music, it's like, it's just strumming your heart, right? It's just making your heart feel love because the music is so good and you love it. And it's not the emotions itself that the song is evoking. It's not the melancholy and it's not the joy and it's not all of the stuff that the song can evoke. It's just that it is evoking this really poignant and focused and tender love for how great this piece of music is. And I have over 10,000 songs in my uh, iTunes 
and I listen to them as much as I can. And sometimes I discover songs that I haven't listened to in like two or three years. I'm just shocked because it's a song I love so much. And I can't believe it's been three years since I've heard it. And I'm like, you know, completely flabbergasted. I haven't listened to it in that long. And I'm so happy at the same time to go back and listen to it. And I'm just like, you know, feel so much joy at being able to go back and, and listen to the song again and be able to hear it and say, yeah, that's a great song. I am so glad I get to go hear it again and enjoy it again. Um, so anyways, Professor of Rock, the uh, YouTuber, and the funny thing is he looks like a hipster. He dresses like a hipster, he wears hipster glasses, and he has this encyclopedic knowledge of music. And so you'd expect him to be this hipster of music. He does this uh, YouTube channel, um, and it's called Professor of Rock, and, and, and I'm, you know, reviewing it as a recommend. And it's all about songs and bands. And he interviews everybody. I don't know how he gets these interviews, but they're crazy. Um, he's interviewed huge name rock stars. Um, and he just covers each of his episodes are like 20 to 30 minutes and he focuses on one band or one song and does the story behind them. So you get history of the song, how it was made, what inspired it. You know, he'll tell you like, okay, this song was written because he was coming across a bridge and uh, something on the radio that the DJ said and changed it a bit. And that became this lyric. Um, oh, okay. You've heard the phrase, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy mm -hmm. came for the very first time, um, in this little mellow, uh, sixties rock song. Um, this kind of funky little tune. I can't remember the name right now, but like now I know that because of this professor of rock episode I watched is this little funky tune that's actually really cool and laid back and he goes into the song and he interviewed the band who made it there's like these four guys they're British he sat in this room with them they talked about the song they talked about their career as a band um, and if I remember the episode correct the band had made this song and they broke up because they didn't have any hits and then it got released in America and it became a hit. And so the record company put together a fake band to tour with this single because the real band didn't exist anymore. 
So, all of the episodes are like this. Just these cool little things you never heard. And a lot of them are songs I know. And a lot of them are songs I don't know. And a lot of them are songs like just last night um, was, uh, and I'm going to go find this. I'm going to open up my iTunes right now, uh, was a song I knew talking about him. Uh, and he, uh, this artist, and if you'll give me just one second, hopefully I can find it. He had a song that was on the um, Miami Vice soundtrack that he didn't even know about. It was on uh, the, uh, or not Miami Vice, the Vice City soundtrack. He didn't even know about. And uh, so I went and tracked it down because I liked the single that they were discussing on the show, but I'd never heard the song that was on the Vice City soundtrack. So I went and tracked it down last night. And I listened to it, and it's a great song. And I had kind of heard it once or twice in the in the eighties, but you know, now I've listened to it several times, and it's a cool little song. And it's uh, I, so I discovered something new that I loved by listening to this show, and that is one of the best things that happens to me just in life in general. As I'm watching a movie or watching a TV show, they've got that little Shazam thing on iPhone where you can just listen to it. You have something playing, you can hit the button and it'll just do this little pulsing thing and then tell you what the song is. And then I can add it and listen to it. And, you know, it's just, uh, I can add a song and just have it in my, in my music collection and uh uh there it is something awesome i can listen to and I have another song that i love so yeah it is uh it is a really really Uh, a really, really fun show. A really, really great show. It goes into music history, history of the songs. And here's the thing that you know he's not a hipster. This is what sold me on the show, why he's not a hipster. Is he has an episode on Weird Al. And he tears, he got to interview Weird Al. Uh, and the show is about, um, you know, uh, Fat, the album Fat, um, and how it revitalized Weird Al's career after um, Living with Hernia didn't do so well. And uh, he just loves Weird Al. He just loves Weird Al's music. And you know a guy isn't a hipster if he's unabashedly unafraid to come out on a show and say how much he loves Weird Al. And the other show he did that convinced me he's not a hipster is he did show about 
Ice Ice Baby. Did an entire episode about Ice Ice Baby and interviewed Vanilla Ice. It was about nice. how much how much he liked Ice Ice Baby. And he was a teenager during the 90s and, and how much he listened to that song over and over again and how much he still loves the song. And he genuinely loves this music. It's not, you know, it's not put up job, you know? He's not faking it. These are songs he really, truly loves. And so if you love music, and you love someone who loves all kinds of music and gets to interview these artists. Um, oh, the song is Every Time You Go Away. Uh, you Take a Little Piece With You. Um, so it was originally by Paul and Oates. Uh, and the story from the show that I watched last night was that it wasn't very commercially successful because they didn't think it would be. But... Um, I was watching the show and they had another single by the same artist who made it into a pop sensation. And that's the version I know and love. He had another single that was on the Vice City soundtrack. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to go check it out. So I went and checked it out and it's a great little song. So, yeah. Uh, and every time you go away, I don't know if you ever heard it. It's an 80s pop song. And it's a great song. I love it. Um, so uh, I highly recommend uh, highly recommend Professor of Rock. Paul Young is the artist's name. Uh and I recommend Professor of Rock. He's great to watch. He does a good show. Um, and he, uh, he genuinely loves music. And he does shows about great songs. And I've discovered a lot of great music. I discovered a Donna Summers tune. That was a lot of fun. Um, And, um, and, uh, I, uh, I just, uh, either rediscovered songs I loved, uh, that I hadn't listened to for a while or, uh, discovered, uh, stories behind songs that I didn't know about that are just, uh interesting or even little tidbits about songs i did know about like you could you should go watch the episode about do they know it's christmas after all because the bit about bono's line in there uh it was the very first of those 1980s big uh big music uh sort of uh you know like usa for africa um was another one that came along. Um, but yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, and the bit about Bono's line was really, really, um, 
was really, really uh, awesome and touching. Um, and uh, I just that uh, uh, I think it's a great show. I, I think it is uh, well worth uh, putting some time in. And if you like it, great. Keep on watching it because it's awesome. And if you don't, it's uh, it's at least entertaining enough to watch a couple shows. So, yeah, Professor of Rock. I love it. Sounds good. Thing that that thrives on on YouTube and podcasts. You know, the hidden history of such and such. Um. So let's talk about AD&D. Um, all right. Um, so this is one of the secrets of AD&D. Um, and I think people copy this. And I think other games copy this, but I think there's a reason for it that I've never heard anyone explicitly articulate. Um, and so I think I might, I think I want to, I have stumbled across one of the reasons why it exists and I want to articulate it or I have articulated it and I want to do it again because I don't think when I did it in the session, people were listening enough to understand it so at the same table in a gygaxian campaign you're gonna have people come along and either start new characters because they're died or you're gonna have new players come along and sit down who can't can bid you know fourth level player a fourth level character because they never played ad and d or because they never played whatever class they have rolled up stats for um and uh the reason why so you you can't start them off at you know let's say the average party level is fifth or sixth level you can't start them off at fifth level or sixth level or even fourth level. You want to start them off at first level, but typically speaking, if you start them off at first level and they have to spend six months to level up to third level, they're just going to keep on restarting at first level because they're not, their characters aren't, Uh, suited for the challenges the party's going up against. So, do you, so let me ask Dorno. Do you see that? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The distinction between new players and new characters. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. 
XP doubles every level about roughly until you reach new level. And that's how Gygax solved the problem. All right. Do you see why? The, you're gonna have to leave me by the nose here. I because mean, I, well, I mean, let me think it out, right? That if the uh, if the XP doubles, and no, I, I I don't I don't I mean I don't get the distinction. Like I understand. I understand why new players have to should always come in at a low level in their own in their even in their own group. But I guess I'm not see I don't see the connection you're trying to make. It will take the same amount of XP that takes the higher level characters up one level will allow the lower level characters to catch up quicker. So that right. So if 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 the XP is constant, the XP increases. So the even though the the rate of XP, if the rate of XP incoming is constant, then the Characters that are lower level will level faster. Right. Now, they'll still be capped. So they're not going to be leveling up super fast. Right? Because they'll only get so much XP and have to stop. But higher level characters having to earn level more XP to level allows brand new players who've never played the game before to gradually catch up with them to where instead of always being five levels behind or six levels behind, they will eventually be only two levels behind. And that's built into the game system. That's the way the game is supposed to be run. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's a lot of other thinking I put into it, but that's the. So. Um, it's it's right, a so deliberate. Impl- it's a deliberate design choice by Gygax. It allows new people to catch up with the rest of the players while still experiencing all the growth they're supposed to in learning the game. Um, yeah, I, I guess. All right. So my follow-up question is, so what?
I'm just pointing that's, out. I mean, that's that's good. That, that's good. People tend to have this idea that AD&D is not a well-designed game, or that's an archaic game. Or either they copy features of it and don't really know why they exist. And I'm just looking at different pieces of AD&D and trying to point out why. Well, here's another one. Um, why do thieves only require 1,250 XP to get to first level when they have to... And, and gold, by the way, is XP in AD&D. When they require 1,500 gold pieces to buy training for second level. I'll give you this one. Thieves have to steal at least 250 gold pieces in order to be able to afford training for second level. Mm -hmm. They Sorry, have to I'm go my... out of... I'm, I think I'm going to miss something because of my internet. Thieves have an XP requirement of 1250 XP to get to second level, right? Yeah. Okay. But they need 1500 gold pieces to pay for training for second level, right? That's right. 250. Oh, right. The extra 250 XP has to come from somewhere. Has to come from somewhere. They're supposed to steal it. Everybody else, by the time they get to second level, already has, or should already have, enough gold pieces. Fighters need 2,000 XP, so they should have at least, you know, 1,500 gold. Same for clerics and magic users and all of that. But thieves, they have to come up with money quicker. So they have to come up with money. It's built into the class that they have to go out and search for illicit means of getting gold in order to pay to level up if they're going to level up when they have the XP too. It's an incentive to be thieves. Uh, brilliant, actually. Let's contrast it with a typical games where everybody requires the same amount of points to level up. And so you it, this does two things. First of all, it changes the scaling of the rewards and puts it all in the hands of the game master, which... On the plus side, you get mechanics such as challenge rating, uh, which gives you an easy way to measure the effectiveness or strength of a monster or a challenge. 
Uh, but on the other hand, you don't get those interesting interactions, such as, yeah, the thief, the thief does actually level quicker than everybody else if he is actively and successfully playing a sneaky little thief. Right. Uh, that's that's a feature. That's a pretty cool feature, if you ask me. So, um, and there's another one I, I ran across like six months ago. Um, which is, uh, which we discussed about on the show earlier, which is Druids and the Prime Material Plane. Which is why in AD&D originally there were no neutral clerics, only druids. So, yeah. There are a lot of things that are in AD&D that were not made explicit. And so because they were not made explicit, people tend to think that there's no reason for them to be there you kind of have to analyze them deeply before it becomes obvious why they're there. Or not obvious, before it becomes... Well, and there's no proof for this. I, I haven't found some secret writing where this becomes proof. But it is true that you need 1,500 XP to level up, and you need 15... I mean, you need 1,250 XP and you need 1,500 gold. And so the only place you're going to get that is if you acquire that gold some other way. So there it is. Gygax never made that explicit, but that seems kind of obvious. So there's no proof about it, but it seems obvious to me. Now that I've put in the, you know, thought about it, of why that would be the case, it's just kind of obvious. So there's just some things that a lot of deep thought went into why AD&D is the way it is. And I think a lot of the mistakes that have been made in later generations of D&D is that none of the is that a lot of those features were lost because Gygax never made them explicit. And and I actually heard a really good explanation. Um well I heard a really good explanation coupled with a really bad explanation. The good explanation was is that after Gygax was ousted from D&D, he just walked away from it mostly. And the person said, well, I'm sure he just threw up his hands and said, you know, screw you guys and walked away. And my explanation is, I'm pretty sure he was, you know, hurt to see his stuff all taken away and to have no control over it, to not be able to develop it and to have to basically start over from scratch. That's rough, you know, to have all this stuff that you put all of this thought and work and effort into To have it not just taken away, but to taken away in the most insulting fashion, and then to have people 
revise it carelessly. But there's a, it's also a lot of times where once you've baked something, you yourself might not be able to go back and say, oh, hey, this is why I couldn't do that or why I did do that. You yourself may not know why you made that decision unless you wrote it down, the reasoning behind the decision. And there have been times when, you know, you've come up with an idea and you yourself couldn't tell 10 minutes later why you did it that way. I mean, it's kind of like programming that way, right? It was yep, the right. It happen. Yeah, it's the right reason to do it, but you couldn't explain it to yourself 10 minutes later. So, yeah, I just, a little bit of secret, you know, the thieves XP table is built to encourage them to be thiefly, to acquire a little bit extra treasure so they can have gold to level up when they when their XP tables say they should. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to call back to what you said. It's it's like a version of Chesterton's fence, you know, Bradford Walker's people bag on the game without knowing or comprehending what the machine is, how it works or why it works that way. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's part of it. People come in and say, "Oh, you know this and it actually happens in programming all the time like you said oh this this thing would work so much better if i made it do do it this other way and then you find out that it was built sometimes it was built by someone less experienced and and it needs to be changed and sometimes it was built purposefully uh, because of the x uh, yeah second yeah, sometimes it was built Sometimes it was built by a person who didn't know what they were doing, but it works anyway. And you just kind of have to leave it alone because every other way you go at redoing it makes it worse. <laughs> so. Well, that's everything I had for today. Chat, uh, the internet, the technical problems made it a little more difficult than usual, but uh, yeah, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, coming up, I don't know what we're talking about coming up. I know that uh, uh, we'll, we'll probably be talking to Misha Burnett. He's got a new book out. Um, yeah, plus whatever other D&D &D nerdy stuff comes up. I think I'm going to sign off for this week, DW. I hope I'm not breaking up too bad, but <laughs> and uh, I hope everybody checking us out live in YouTube uh, enjoyed it. We have got um, uh, Picard Mandalorian are just ending, so we've got reviews of both of them next week. Um, it's possible I might be able to go see a movie or something this week. Who knows? Um, Yeah. All right. We want to thank everyone who uh, tuned in live. Thanks for uh, coming, listening, participating in the chat. We want to thank everyone who uh, 
listened later, um, who will listen later, uh, we are available at youtube.com slash geekgab. That's youtube.com slash geekgab. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to the show so you will get an email address, uh, email, you know, for when we're going live and you can come and uh, and jump in. Or you can uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud.com, on the Apple iTunes Store, or on the Google Play Store. Listen to us on the device of your choice, or just uh, download us to your computer. Folks, we are signing out for today, but don't you worry, don't you fret, we will be back.